Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Tossers. Welcome back to the pod. Teenage heartthrob and home and away bad boy turned good. Matt Evans joins us on the podcast this week. Matt's such a salt of the earth, relaxed kind of fella. He's kind of like the guy that you meet at a party. You think you're going to have a five-minute conversation with him. Ends up being an hour. You share life stories like you've known him for your whole life. He's just a cool dude. We chat about all-nighters at the Logies, what the mentors on The Voice really do, and the cringiest thing he's had to do whilst being on Home and Away. He even plays us a jam at the end. And we're also introducing producer Lloyd this week. His name's actually Tommy, but obviously we've already got a Tommy that works with us. And I think he looks a little bit like Lloyd Pope the Cricketer, so we're running with that. It's the Ollie Skelton Show that everyone rates with Matt Evans. Here we go. Welcome back to the Ollie Skelton Show that everyone rates. The acronym for that is <laughs> Tosser. You are listening to the Tosser podcast. Joined today, very grateful, very lucky, none other than Matt Evans. Matt Evans, thank you for coming along, sir. We appreciate it. There we go. We got there's the, the buttons. There's the applause. We got that. Mate, thanks for having me. This is it's great. taking you back to The Voice when you actually had an audience that was, I guess, live, cla- live clapping. <laughs> and we could go into that straight away in a way that Matt is also on the pinnacle of Australian television, none other than Closer Each Day, Home and Away. I would love to know the difference between, obviously, when you are doing home and away you're not getting the feedback instantly as yeah. opposed to when you are performing and you're a musician as well first and foremost yep. what would you say is the difference from a creative standpoint yeah it is very different I was always so used to having that live like instant reaction to what you do and that's kind of what you live for which yep. is great and I think that was why like when I started doing the acting thing on home and away I wasn't really that nervous because it's like you do a take of something and then you stuff it up, you can just go again. And it's like there's it's there's no pressure. Whereas yeah. like with a live performance. Somebody is murdering someone is behind murdering us. Someone. And really, like, it's really it's not good for the feng shui <laughs> of the room. Um, um, yeah, but yes, so it's, live it's, feedback. Yeah, live feedback. It wasn't that nerve-wracking when I started because, um, yeah, you could just stuff up and go again. And I think it really prepared me for doing this acting thing. It's mm-hmm. completely different not having that instant thing where everyone can see you stuff up if you do um but I live for that live feedback and I think that's why like you know music was always my first love but that is the biggest thing that I miss about it is right. that 
being on stage and playing music and then straight away people are applauding to what you're doing and just having that reaction, that's right. one thing that I really miss. We've actually got something in common aside from our boyish good looks is that we are <laughs> both from none other than Edith Cowan University. We are both alumni. Oh, wow, I didn't um, even know that. Now the difference between, say, I went to Edith Cowan yes. and you went to Whopper yes. and they are on the same campus but they are light years above in terms of social status. And <laughs> the, I did broadcast journalism, which was originally at West Australian of Performing Arts. And you... Uh, it was music, Bachelor music. of Contemporary Music. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Do you remember there's a cafe that's like deep? It's maybe The further a, one away, the other, yeah. No one was ever in there. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and there was the chef there that also owned it. His yeah. name was Simon. Yep. I was the only one in there because whenever I went to the cafe at um, Whopper, I felt so bloody out of place. Yeah, dude, I, I know. <laughs> and, you know. It was like this whole like kind of you have like the dancers like on the lawn stretching and flexing just like owning that area and then like the actors were just kind of walking around just loving themselves. Right. It was a really weird place and I feel like musicians as well, I kind of felt the same as we were a little bit like outsider too because okay. it was all like actors and dancers yeah. and – we were just a really separate sort of thing. Right, right. But yeah, I totally get what you mean. I now <laughs> yeah. imagine not even being in any of those yeah, yeah, yeah. contemporary arts. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just a bunch of journos, which is straight up and down. I'd be sitting in, I'd be eating my, you know, my, my chicken salad sandwich or whatever it may be. And then somebody would break out into song or yeah. dance. Like it was bloody high school musical. And <laughs> my anxiety place, became man. off the charts. I was like, I don't want to be a side character in whatever this is. I'm just trying to enjoy my thing, listen to a YouTube video. That made me so uncomfortable as well. Like people would do that all the time. Like not even just at the cafe, they're in the corridors and they're just like singing, playing guitar, like loving it, looking for the attention. That stuff was just like, oh, it was so cringe to me. Because that's... There's an incredible amount of extroverts yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the world of the arts and something like WAPA and I always find myself in a way envious that yeah. they have that ability to just rid themselves of yeah. the shackles of I don't care. Just as much as you've got those extroverts, you've got those introverts exactly. too. How do you find yourself? Uh, well, firstly, I, would you consider yourself More an introvert? Yeah, and secondly... Sure. How do you find yourself managing in a, in a space like that? Yeah, it's actually it is difficult. It's mm. difficult. I think um, because uh, I'm doing acting now, I feel like there are a lot of extroverted mm -hmm. actors. It's kind of like musical theatre and stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, is extroverted people. Whereas with music, naturally, people are a bit more introverted. Mm -hmm. I think, and that was the thing at Whopper is like everyone that was in my music course. It was mainly like everybody was an introvert apart right. from like a couple, but. Right. Yeah, it's a hard thing to manage, man, especially like now being around a lot of actors a lot of the time. I still kind of find that there is a balance though. There are definitely right. a lot of introverted people too. For sure. And it's just like a personal thing. But yeah, I've gotten better. I've gotten better at switching on. Right. So like I find myself as an extroverted introvert. So if I need to switch it on, I can and I can just be able to talk really easily yeah. it's, it's, and, and do that. But yeah, it's definitely something that you, I find you have to work on in this industry Yeah. because – Sometimes like when you're introverted as well, it can come across as rude. So like you've got to have a good balance. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely um, walking that tightrope. I, I would say I think very similar in a way that I'm naturally extroverted but in my true self I'm 
my social battery some people runs out some people yeah. feed off other people yeah i would say that it's the opposite for me in a way that hyper aware of everybody in the room yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. and it can yeah it can definitely drain the battery but yep. you're 23 not right now, obviously. I'm, yeah. I'm taking you back. <laughs> like, you're like, you're get like, him on Google. You're like, this motherfucker did not do his homework. <laughs> um, you're 23 and you go on The Voice Australia. What I would love to know is how did you find assimilating? The adjustment to moving here was pretty easy, man. It was kind of like it just felt like I was doing the right thing. So I just took every every day as it came and, yeah, it was it was – one of the best experiences I did doing that show, like it, it was because a lot of people kind of go on to it not realising that it's a produced television show okay. and then they kind of get upset when certain things happen and it's like I didn't go in with those sort of expectations and yeah. I kind of knew what it was. So I was like what? I'm going for the ride. When they put me and Janie, they wanted us to be as a duo or mm-hmm. one of us went home, we were like let's do the duo, be, sure. let's play the game. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like that was just my mentality from the start. So um yeah, I think like I just I, I, I had a really surprised myself and had a really positive open mind about it all. Yeah, that's right. And I think that just helped with adjusting a lot. So, so you, you mentioned that some people don't realise that it is a produced television show. <laughs> what is a, not necessarily the person, but what is an example of something that you were like, I kind of had a feeling that this is how it would go and how they did not. I don't know. I can't really like... Um, you don't have to out the whole situation. But. No, but I'll say like, for instance, like I, when I auditioned, I was like, they, they ask you like which coaches you want. And um, the whole time I was like, I want to, I want guy, I want guy, right. like guys who I want. And then they ask you a lot, like three to four times I was asked. And I always said guy and then like, who's your second? I was like, well, I kind of really only want guy, but if my second would be maybe Delta, I guess. Yeah. And then um, right before I went on stage for the blind audition, they were like, so who are you going to pick for your coach? And I was like, oh, guy's the one that I want. Yeah, like, yeah. We think you should go with Delta. should be a great choice for you. Okay. Next minute I get <laughs> on the stage and I start my song and then like bang, 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 like three people all turn at once and it's like everyone except Guy. <laughs> yeah. And then I get to the end of the audition and Guy never t- never turns. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, they're like, go, they're looking at him like, Duck. Yeah, and well, they've got earpieces as well. And then so obviously like you think you have a choice, but in the back of my mind I'm like, well, they've said pick Delta, I'm going to pick Delta. So it's kind of like it's a lot of that sort of stuff. And like, you know, at the end of the day you you don't know like what was supposed to happen, what wasn't supposed to happen, but it's always kind of funny when you like read into this sort of stuff. And it was more just like Guy turned around and he was like, I love what you did and I think you're going to be great for the show. I was so close to turning and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, but it's you, just, you, you, would have did, you would have turned, <laughs> you, man, right? You so, saw that performance, you would have turned. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like little things like that, man, and just like a lot of little things like that would happen and then we kind of, you just, you just know, like that's just the way that it is. I mean, I auditioned for X Factor when I was like 17. Wow. Never went through with it. I absolutely bombed bombed my audition like I was I was pretty new to music and because I kind of started when I was in year 11 and um I got I, I went to these auditions for this like manager guy and then he reached out and said X Factor we're looking for people let's yeah. get you on and so basically what happened then was I skipped all of the audition process and just went straight to the audition like on the stage in yeah. front of the coaches and um <laughs> bombed like literally I went up for this high note I remember it was like ah 
and I just like my voice popped because yeah. I was like going yeah. through puberty. And so, then on yeah. the day they gave me four yeses and then um, afterwards like I was just like blown away that they gave me four yeses but I was like, oh, obviously it's because it's just the way that they yeah. work the system. Yeah. And then I got a call like the week later and they said, oh, we've chopped, we, we didn't make it. So they right. like chopped me after that. And so I was, I was 17 and so I already kind of knew how this stuff worked and that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because it was like a really good like, you know, ego slice and yeah. like I just had to and then I went to Whopper and I studied music for mm-hmm. four years and just worked on my craft, um, kind of came back from there. But, um, yeah, so that's where I was like I already knew how all of this sort of stuff worked. Right. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I expected these yeah. things to. And you mentioned that you had Guy. Oh, no, sorry, that you were gunning for Guy. Mm. Now, personally, I would have been gunning for Delta. Mm. <laughs> I am the stan of all stands for Delta Goodrum, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you working with her? Okay, so if I look at it from my experience with reality t- television. Yeah. We've got these experts on maths that every week they sit across from us. Yeah, I've always uh, wondered about <laughs> this. So yeah. they, they, they sit across from us and they've got a lot to say. Yeah. And, and by the way, love you lot. You're great. But they're not talking to us. Yeah, yeah. They got the earpiece in and the earpieces <laughs> are talking to us. And they would actually, you know what they would do? They would pause five seconds before they responded to your thing. <laughs> and in a natural conversation, it's not You're beneficial. Like, be so uh, You're like waiting. So many, there's so many times people would fill the gap. That's about it. Like, <laughs> so, or... What do you guys think? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because they'd be going, okay, this is what you need to say. Uh, was there a, did you feel that at all or were you? Um, oh, you don't spend much time with the men. Okay. Like everything on air, like the preparation session before and you're there doing your songs, it's literally like what you see is what we filmed. Like you go in and you do like two yeah. runs of the songs and you're out like within 20 minutes. It looks and, like you've been with them all week. Yeah, 20 <laughs> minutes, man. It was literally like 20 minutes for the song. And then you do all your work by yourself in the frigging right. hotel room. Right. And like, and then they're like, oh, they've been mentoring for the week. It's like, no. They're, they're just, like, you guys are reading the piece of paper and yeah. you're nodding and you're yeah. by the piano. It's like you, yeah. you're just like, you're, uh, you're like. Oh, and wow, then they have really... they have vocal coaches. Mm-hmm. So like they you have that session with Delta and then they walk away from that and then you work with the vocal coach who does the arrangement with you. And they get no praise whatsoever. No. <laughs> <laughs> so when they're saying things like I've been working with them all week, that's yeah, bullshit. Yeah, well, essentially, yeah, your word's <laughs> not mine. But, yeah, it's uh, that's kind of how it works. And it, I will say, though, I, I did love Delta. I thought she was, um, she was really lovely and she took Janie and I into her like kind of makeup caravan once to just talk to us about the whole new duo mm. thing and like that was no cameras around nobody just her and she was like look this was my decision I wanted to make this right. so like she, and which actually was the only part where I did feel like she was being right. real about that yeah sometimes they break and you see them they're having this moment that's completely off camera and they're just talking to you directly and you yeah. can feel it yeah, yeah yeah and I think she was yeah she was real in that moment she was kind of like sitting in the caravan with her hand like just talking to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, so it's, yeah, it was pretty, that was pretty real. And, and for the record, Delta could kill a cat and I would still love her. Like she yeah, to yeah. me is <laughs> like, look, I've been following her since. Can I just say she's, I met, when I met her in real life, she's, at, she's just like stunning. She is uh, absolutely stunning. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like takes you back a little bit. You're like, wow, mm. yeah. Like, look, I've been trying Ollie to get. sees that. We know Ollie yeah, sees I, that. I, I've been trying to get um, Ricky Lee on. 
on the pod. And then to me, they're in the same echelon um, <laughs> in terms of just like killing the game in those early 2000s. Yeah. Um, you do the voice, top 20, you leave a mark, you leave, a, you leave an impression on the audience and then you'd never acted before. No. You, it, no. Uh, high school plays. No, nothing. You didn't do the high school oh, plays. Nothing, yeah, like no so, acting at all. So year eight, year nine drama, you're no, off it. No, yeah, I didn't start music until I was in year 11. So I was kind of a footy boy. I wanted right. to play AFL. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Um, started music in year 11 and 12 and just I saw a video of Matt Corby singing Brother. Oh. And when I was that age, like that was, it was like a pin drop thing. And I was like, that is what I want to do. And I did classical piano. I started classical piano and then I started singing with piano. Then I taught myself guitar and all of that kind of just happened at once. But that was all I did. And so when I finished The Voice, how I got into acting mm. is a really strange, different way. Like a lot of people think that it was a, um, a direct like correlation from uh-huh. doing The Voice as you've probably seen in the past. Like people have gotten a job on there from doing... Uh-huh. I think Johnny Ruffer with X Factor and yeah. Sam Frost and stuff. But nine, the voice was just nine. So For sure, it's yeah. different networks. Yeah. Doesn't work. So I went home and I got a DM from an acting agent who lives in LA, but she's originally from Perth. She's my, my agent now. Okay. And um, she was like, have you ever done acting? Would you be interested in it? Right. And to me, I, I remember doing acting for like a music video clip once. I was like, and I I was like, this is so hard. I don't know how anyone right. does this. So I never, ever thought like that was something I'd do. Yeah. And, yeah, I just thought at that moment I was just like, ah, oh, stuff it. I'm just going to give it a go. We just did some tapes and straight away the tapes were all in American accent. So completely thrown into the deep end with right. it. And, um, yeah, and just I like at first I didn't even respond to her because I was like, who's this? And then she like hustled and found people that I know in Perth to message me back to say oh. she was legit. And, um, yeah, next minute she got me an Australian agent then I was auditioning for about six months then I got the Home and Away one, which was the first one that wasn't a self-tape, was one that I got to go in the room for. Okay. Then I landed it and it was just like from there just completely so different in my life, so busy all the time. And in the space of a year you get nominated for a Logie? Yeah. Freaking bizarre. Like I... It was, it was so bizarre, man. I was like, because the thought of like never thinking of doing acting, like if I could have seen that from yeah. a Because in our industry, like what we do as the creatives and stuff, you're always looking ahead and you're never yeah. like looking at back at things that you've accomplished and it seems like cheesy or lame to do yeah. that. But like at that point, I kind of had that moment where I was like, fuck, this is pretty cool. As like, you should do. Yeah, like, so gratitude is the biggest thing. No matter what industry that you're in, no matter what part of life that you're in, is, yeah. is, yeah, I guess look back and, yeah, appreciate your accomplishments. So you're going to the Logies this year? Yeah, are you going? D- this is, is it my- your first one? Do you want advice? It's got to be my first and only one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I ain't getting... With the- I'm part, of a, I'm part of, a, of a series that, you know, they, they bring them in. And then they chuck them out and mm. you're left to your own devices. So I'm going and I don't even, I, look, I think you're going to be at the front table. I think I'm going to be in the back. Make the most of it. Yeah. 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 yeah, but. um, You could do something like the Inspired Unemployed did. Rusty is a goat. Oh, dude, like yell something cringe, out. That was the cringiest thing I've ever thing. seen. Dude. Yeah, I felt the worst secondhand embarrassment oh, from that. Oh, man. But, um, brutal. If I've got any tips. Yeah, please. Actually, Logie's tips. Yeah, that'd be great. Don't do what I did. Okay. Um, <laughs> my publicist would probably kill me if he hears that, that I've said this story. But he, because I was nominated for that Logie, he 
got me an interview with Sunrise and Morning Show the morning after. So Sunrise was 5.30 and Morning Show was like 9.30 or 10.30. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so we were like at the after party and stuff late at night and then I just started looking at my watch and I was like, oh, not my watch, my phone. Who wears a watch anymore? <laughs> um, I was looking at my phone and I was just like, oh, Look at the, like, shit, look at the time. And it started getting late. And then I got to the point where I was like, if I go to sleep now, I'm going to wake up at like 4.30 in the morning for this interview and look like absolute trash. Mm -hmm. So I just decided to just keep going and stay awake. And so I didn't sleep at all. And I was like in a hotel room with a couple of mates. And then I was like, I've got to go downstairs and do this interview. So I went down and did sunrise at 5.30 after not sleeping at all. And then I finished that and I was so tired and I was like crashing and I, was, I had to stay up till 10.30 to do the next one. Because it would have been like an adrenaline dump. Like yeah. you did that then, thing that you were putting off and then once it's done, you got two hours to kill. Yeah. And Dude. then the I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do to get through this next one. The only, I was sitting in my hotel room and I was like, the only thing I can think of is to keep drinking. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I thought you were going to say so. Yeah, after a second, so I, I was like, There's no, there is no way your publicist oh, would be. Oh, <laughs> no, he's not going to be happy about this. Um, so, yeah, there was like a bottle of Moe in there and yeah. I just, I drank the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> like and, yeah, uh, so, and that just got me back up to just a little bit of energy. And I remember like going down, he's like, did you sleep? And I was like, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, I got, I got 10 hours. hours. You wouldn't believe it. Funnily enough, I've, I watched the interviews and I looked fresh as. Right. And I think it was because I hadn't slept. Yeah. So I, like, I just looked yeah. like a. So true. Yeah, if you, you had didn't slept, slept, sleep, you would look yeah. like Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had so a- that's my advice to you. Don't, don't do that. But well, unfortunately, I don't think I'm getting any, any <laughs> interviews the next day, all right? I'm fodder. I'm fucking, I'm fucking white noise in this whole place. Yeah. That really what you did was a Carl Stefanovic. I don't know if you know yeah, from, yeah, from. Essentially, it's very, it's so rock star, isn't it? It is so rock star, dude. <laughs> Home and away, you, did you dabble? Did you dabble growing up? Yeah, big time. Like my, the two shows my family watched in my house was The Voice and Home and Away. Right. With like when The Voice season come on, we're like, well, let's watch The Voice. And then yeah. we always watch Home and Away growing up. And, like, it was more like my dad would just make, like, fun of things all the time. It was like the family. It's like Gogglebox, like the family that would just make fun of everything on the television. Yeah, yeah, And so, yeah, we literally always watched it. So it was funny when I came to do the audition, I was doing it with a couple of characters that I knew from the show and Mm -hmm. I was like, I just kind of knew how they were going to play things. So Mm -hmm. it just really went to my advantage. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And they still watch it now. Of course I do. What do I want? Okay, why why <laughs> wouldn't they? My mum never watched maths and now she was like, yeah. she's like, I can't believe Harrison is doing that. I'm like, mum, you've never, just don't act like uh. you care. But I think, <laughs> no, I think what I find fascinating is how many nephews, nieces these freaking people have? Alf's got like 34 grandchildren, <laughs> eh? Ah, there he is again. It's a new one. I haven't seen him for 30 years, oh, but he's I in know. the summer bay. You were Leah's nephew. I'm Leah's nephew, yeah. And yeah. I think I'm Leah's only nephew. Oh, okay. I think. Aside from your the series that you've been a part of, when you think of Home and Away, what era encompasses it for you? For, I mean, it's like it's the same that a lot of people are going to say. It's like the Riverboys era, which was like Steve Peacock and um, all those guys. That was kind of like a bit of a golden mm-hmm. era for it. When did yeah. Alf lose his memory? 
I remember that story. This is ha- I remember that too. I know. <laughs> this is how you know that it's reaching Ireland. He's come here freaking yeah. five years ago, dude. He's come all the way from Ireland. <laughs> no, no, I remember that. Dude, <laughs> I can't, there's so many stories I forget. I've forgotten my own stories. Yeah, it's because like. They're going to churn it out. Yeah. And like props as well. Props to Lou, the writer. Like she's got a really hard job, man, to just continually churn stuff out yeah. and like it is it's one of those things where like people are like oh another car crash none of this none of that it's like yeah man because the show's been going for 35 yeah. years how many stories can you come up with bro like so there's only so much you can do and with the amount of time that we get as well because we film like five episodes a week mm. so with that schedule like you can only get so creative without things blowing out and then us working Saturdays all the time and this production falling behind. I think that they do a really good job in like in terms of the production quality and everything in the short time that we have to it's, shoot everything. And yeah. it continually gets better, the show. I think that's why yeah. it's stuck around for a while. Yeah. Like sometimes I watch it and I'm like, ah, oh, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I, done I, pretty well. Mate, we watched it like peak 2004, 2005, 2006. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. There was this, it, it was something happening all the time. But I remember during that time, I think Chris Hemsworth, have you, you know, you, you're part of the Home and Away alumni. You look like Heath Ledger, which I'm sure you get all the time. And sometimes. Then, yeah, yeah. So there's a Heath Ledger-esque to you. And he, he, he can definitely see yeah, it. All right. <laughs> when Lloyd can see it, that's how you know, because he also looks like a famous celebrity. We're going to get that on the camera he's, right now. He's a cricketer. Lloyd Pope. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it. No. <laughs> Lloyd looks like such a cricketer. He is. Yes. 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 He's a massive cricketer. But we dabbled in cringe before. Was there ever something to you that was like, oh, man, this that, is brutal to do. That this. I did? Yeah. Yeah, like there is. It's um, And that's not like I think the, that was more like that's not anything against the writers or anything. I, was, yeah, I think it was just, more just because I was playing a younger character right. when I first came on. And like because I look younger, I looked young, like younger when I started because I was a lot skinnier than uh-huh. I am now and I had a different haircut and I just looked really young. So they wrote my character was he was twenty, but it was it was very young twenty. Right. Like so, the stuff he was doing was very young, and I just I'm I was just a lot more mature right. than that character. So I found like some of the times that was pretty difficult. What's the example that you're thinking of here? Oh, I don't know. Like he was, <laughs> they used to do like these challenges with um we'd do these challenges like chill like um cocktail drinking challenges, and it was like. A YouTube thing where you would, you know, right. where people would do these challenges, yeah. and then and then it ended with, I we did a buried alive challenge yeah. where he went in the coffin and went underground, and like I gave him like oxygen so that he could last in there for a certain amount of time, and yeah. that was the challenge. And then I fall down a hill and I get stuck, and then he gets left in underground overnight, and then they like oh, they come they find me the next day, and then they find him and get him rushed to hospital, and he survives, but like. So were you like a YouTube prankster sort yeah, of? Yeah, right. pretty much, yeah. Right. I'd like steal a beach club car and I'd be like, ah, yeah. Yes. Yes. So I don't know, yeah. I think I was so inexperienced as well that mm-hmm. I straight away turned to this is cringe rather than doing the work to make it not cringe, which is half of the, half of the challenge as an actor. Mm. A lot of the time what you read on the, pap- on the page can be interpreted in your mind as like so many different things and you can play it in so many different ways. Yeah. So, uh, it took me a while to get used to that. I, I imagine like being thrust into that lights, cameras, all this yeah. stuff and scripts and rehearsing lines. Yeah. 
if if it's not from the space that you're in. I get this on a micro level after all this stuff. Like I feel an element of imposter syndrome. Did you ever feel that yourself? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, like big time. I felt guilty almost when I got the job because I was like, I don't know, there was just so many people that have trained for acting and stuff like that. And then I just felt like when I got the job that other people would view me as lucky and not deserving of to be there. So when I first got the job for the first year, I literally just knuckled down and just worked so hard. I was like, I'm not a good actor right now. Right. I can do some things okay, but yeah. I was like, I need to be a lot better. So I like just full knuckled down for the first year, especially just to get better because yeah, that was exactly how I felt. I uh-huh. was like, cause it's the same sort of thing as like, any industry, I guess, people that kind of come out of nowhere that 100%. haven't done any training and then other people are like, mm. oh, I should have gone, gone to a real actor, you know. So that's how I've felt because... Did you ever hear that or did you think it? I thought it but I heard people say it about certain things like people in certain people and... And you're like, well, so I'm like, that person. Yeah, they must be saying that about me. Right. Yeah, that was my yeah, initial mm. reaction to it all. Mm. What's the biggest difference being on a reality TV production versus a production like Home and Away? I would say like the biggest thing is that we're actually, we're just more of a family on this show because it's like such a full-time job and we're there so much. We see each other all the time. It's not a short stint that we're, yeah, we're actually all become close and yeah, you earn a wage. Like, it, so it's, yeah, I think that's the, the main thing is that you're just comfortable with all the people that you're around. Yeah, when you do a reality show, surely you, you make friends, which you do, but yeah. it's so short, I think. So yeah. it's, but apart from that, like a lot of the stuff like runs pretty similarly in, in the beginning. It's just like you're, you're just like a deer in headlights, like what is going on? Alf is from the character he is to the person he is. Yeah. Is this, uh, I, so. He's not like that. Like right. he's actually a really nice right. kind of guy and quite funny too. Oh, yeah. Like he, quite funny jokes. And yeah. You, you find yourself laughing a fair bit. He's just a really nice guy. And I don't know if he's probably calmed down as yeah. he's gotten older, but yeah, he's really nice. Like I asked him to be in a little like Instagram reel I did the other week and he was so down to do it. And he's like, anytime <laughs> you want help, like for sure, I'll help yeah. you out. So he's been there for a long time because he's just, yeah, he's just an upright guy with that stuff. And when you go to Palm Beach, and there's like the celeb time buses there. They have these tours where people come and visit and like want photos and all right. stuff. There's like a bus of like 40 people. Okay. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, like Palm dude, Beach when uh, as someone who comes over from Ireland. Yeah. Or UK, it's like Palm Beach. You go to Palm Beach because that's where Home filmed. When you're coming to see right. Palm yeah, man. Beach is on your itinerary. And so are people coming there every like hour and you just you no, give so them, they you might like, give them a wave? Yeah. The buses are usually like a Monday and a Wednesday, I think. Like I never got the bus. I was drove, but, um, but there's always You went like, yourself. <laughs> you were like, <laughs> i got to see this. No, I remember, I I remember seeing him there. My like, ex at the time we went up. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, but there's a lighthouse and it's like. It is pretty beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And because it's really so nice. so far up, it's yeah. just like by itself. But yeah, like people go there to see it. So like yeah. when we go to Palm Beach, we have like security and stuff sometimes there because there's so many people. <laughs> so like it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, that is and like so you cool. You wouldn't know that, but yeah. yeah. Have you been? That's that's weird. no, no. I've I've never been. I've, uh, I'm I'm just curious. I know yeah. this is probably going back a bit far now, but I was just when you when you were saying that you're like a, you're a forklift driver you're hating your life what is it that you like how did you reflect and say i'm going to make the switch this is it i'm going to completely change my career path good question 
I had a mental breakdown. <laughs> pretty oh, much. What the hell, boy? No, I just, it was actually like, I feel like it was one night I was at home because I lived with my brother at the time and we were watching footy and I'd had few beers we were like drinking and I was like yelling at the TV my brother was like oh you you're being a bit loud and then we it just got more and more out of hand as the night went on and we had, kind of had a bit of an argument and then I just weirdly lost the plot and then I like and just like left and my mate like chased after me and it was just this weird experience that I'd never had in my life like when I drink I'm pretty normal all the time like people I'll be just be drinking until I vomit and you won't even know that I was drunk. I'm just pretty much the same. But, yeah, I just had this massive breakdown and then I like as it was happening, my mate was there, all that sort of stuff just started flooding out. Like like these are there's so many things that I've wanted to do my whole life and I feel like I'm just doing nothing and I'm trapped and going and doing this job every day and Mm -hmm. progressing nowhere in my Mm -hmm. life. And, yeah, it was pretty hectic. Like it was a pretty like just big, yeah, like – Mental breakdown is yeah. like what it is, like right. sort of what it was. I just had like a full breakdown. And the next day I put my online submission in, hungover, a little bit hungover. But I, because I remember I went home with my mate that night actually and stayed at his house because me and my brother had a big blue where we never do because we're like best mates right. and we used to live with each other all the time. But, yeah, it was like a pretty impactful moment for my life and from that point I've like never looked back. So it was kind of like... It was, a, it was a beautiful thing. Like it was a blessing mm-hmm. to have had that happen, you know. Yeah. And not all experiences are great, but you've got to go through every experience in life to to figure out what's around the corner. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. Awesome. Lloyd, Lloyd made it deep. Lloyd, dude. Lloyd Kudos to you, man. Yeah. That's actually, I appreciate that, man. That's a subtle one. But, no, I think I remember before doing the reality TV stint, I felt in a similar way, feeling of helplessness that I guess was manufactured in a different way of just, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. And when those moments come as intense as it can be, it can also be like really tranquil after that. You're just like, yeah, you kind of let it all out. You uncover all that fucking shit that's on top of you that, yeah. that you go about every day trying to serve somebody else before maths, I was like, I don't really know. I don't have the direction that yeah. I thought I would have at 26. Mm. And, yeah, those moments where you're pushed up against your own mental wall um, can be the moments that are the best for yeah, growth, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but your biggest passion is your music and you've been gifted a, <coughs> a position of exposure how do you feel in terms of then trying to get that audience that knows you from home and away, that knows you from the voice and to get them into it's, it's a medium where it's not like people, a lot of people are finding your music organically. Mm. It's already there from what they know you as X, Y, Z. How have you found that? And is it a blessing? Is it a curse? It's a bit of both. You've got the platform, but you've also got to kind of 
rebrand a little bit as as bad as it is to say is that like I know that a lot of people think that the voice and home and away are lame right so like to make yourself to seem cool to everybody mm. I guess you've just got to rebrand and kind of and just keep working at it so I actually do a lot of um I do a lot of stuff on TikTok at the moment just a lot of TikTok lives where mm-hmm. I just get my guitar in my room I've got a studio set up and I just play songs and um just try to organically grow, grow mm-hmm. that way so I've been doing I was doing like dumb trends on TikTok for quite a while just to help grow my thing but now I'm at a point where I'm like I'm just going to start angling it all towards music and right. just start doing music videos yep. and just singing covers or whatever it is and just so that people know that's what yep. I do there so I keep kept a little bit separate like TikTok is pretty much it's just going to be all music I keep it as that and then like Instagram promote music when I got to put it out but right. mainly it's like my home and away sort of stuff yep. and everything as well just use the different platforms yeah. for different things. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really excited for a lot of my music to come next year. Like my first two singles were really like, I feel just I was trying to tick the boxes for like commercial music. Okay. And this next EP I'm working on has got about six songs and I just feel they're really organically a lot more me. Awesome. Um, and I'm not trying to be anything I'm not now, which, yeah. is, which is cool. I think the hardest thing is trying to make music in this busy schedule that we've got working all the time. So Things take a lot longer. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of always ask me at work, like, how are you doing both at the same time? I'm like, well, I'm really not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying. But um, so we got like a two week break in August. And so uh, instead of going on holidays, going anywhere to get sun, I'm just going to stay here and go to my producer's house and just work on the music as much as I can. So, yeah, yeah, that's the position you get to with a job like this. It's like you've got to pick, you know, to keep working instead of vacation sometimes. Yeah. yeah, It's just the way that it is. Yeah. I've always wanted to do music. I've always wanted to get it out and so that's like a priority for me. And what's what's the handle for the people playing along at home in terms of TikTok? TikTok handle is the same as my Instagram. It's yeah. This is Matt Evans. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So. Well, I would love if uh, if you're comfortable to to bang out a tune. Yeah. We've got the guitar here. You've got the guitar. Yeah, well, uh, Whose guitar is this? I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it, we it did like say mine. if you could bring it, that would be awesome. <laughs> but I guess a bit of a backstory on yeah what you want to play today just considering it's like a little intimate vibe i might play like there's a song i might just do like half of it or something yeah please but it's a song that's on will be on my ep for next year and it's like the only ballad on the ep so a lot of it's like indie pop rock or like chill pop sort of stuff but this one's the only thing that's like actually a ballad and I wrote it about this time in my life when I first moved to Sydney and it was it was pretty tough for those that first six months when I was just auditioning before I got this job and I met this girl and um, being COVID, all your emotions are so mm-hmm. heightened and um, she gaslighted me pretty hard and it was, a, it was a hard situation. And we only spent time together for like literally a month but for some reason I was so affected by it. I think it was just because I felt so gaslighted and used and just it, that's why it had such a big effect on me. So. Yeah. There's a few of my songs in my EP that are about that experience yeah. just because it's a good emotion to draw from, I think. Gaslighting is an incredibly triggering word for me. I think it was used maybe 383 times within the show. So it's giving me flashbacks right now. So I hope it's not in there. But it <laughs> no, it's not in there. It's not in there. But, um, yeah, no, the song's called Not All Right. So, um, yeah, I'll just do like a verse. Oh, I probably should tune that guitar, actually. I restrung it this morning for you, Ollie. See, as a person that isn't musical orientated that sounded perfect to me so <laughs> yeah so you, your ears get more and more uh, yeah 
attuned to it. Attuned what is to it. What's going on? I can't handle it. If I hear or see a video where someone's playing a guitar out of tune, yeah, like, I get, yeah, I'm like, oh, it gets me. So I don't want to be that guy. That'll do. All right. in you eyes that could read my broken heart I'm stuck on you and I know that you're faking but I pray that we'll make it late city nights kills me to know I'm not your type surprised by the lights cause you said that you want me yet you still say you're lonely Sinking in my own damn sorrow Still in the bitter truth that I've come to I can't stay another night here When you want me to let you leave I'll be running to the city lights Summer nights blur the lights Sticking around just to find out a love Buried under all the things that you said to me I can't stay another night here I'm alright but not alright Oh, I'm alright but not alright oh, I'm alright but not alright Love it, we love it, thank you so much As soon as you said the first Line in that beautiful deep voice of yours, I was like, oh, I'm mesmerized right now, dude. That was I'm that, lost in you. No, it was that was so actually cool. looked mesmerized on that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, <laughs> halfway through. I caught myself. I was like, fuck, I'm really into this. How do I look? How do I look? How do I? No, dude, thank you so much, Thanks man. Thanks for having me. No, that, that was wicked. That that yeah, that was fucking dope. So yeah, thank you so much. That is. Matt Evans, <laughs> and it's this is Matt Evans. Yes, this, this is, is Matt. Matt Evans on Instagram, on TikTok. It's been um, such a pleasure chatting bollocks with you, man. So, no, I, I re- really appreciate it. So, th- thank you for coming awesome, on. Man. Thanks for having me. Yep, and thank you to Lloydie out the back. And yeah. we got A1 Connect, Tommy from A1 Connect. Thank you to all the boys. You've been watching, listening, the Oli Skelton show that everybody rates. The acronym for that is TOSA. Matt, if you could just wave at the camera. Give us a wave. There we go. All right, all the best. See you soon. That's it for this week. Hope you enjoyed that one. I have Rupert Bugden guest hosting for the next few episodes with me, which I'm very excited about. And a quick little shout out to our tossers over on the Patreon. Summer, Naomi, Bridget, Liam, Ella, Luke, Josh, Dean, Melissa, Malik, Travis, Lachlan, and Will. I encourage you, if you made it this far to the podcast, we got bonus stuff as well. Last Wednesday, I did 14 impressions in about 14 minutes. You're really missing out. I'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. 
Learn more at byheart.com.